Affiliate mistakes can leave you hemorrhaging money. Don't let this happen to you on today's episode. Today's episode is brought to you by ClickFunnels. If you've seen one of my sales pages, you have seen ClickFunnels in action. Grow your business at servemaster.com front slash ClickFunnels today. Are you tired of dealing with your boss? Do you feel underpaid and underappreciated? If you want to make it online, fire your boss and start living your retirement dreams now. Then you've come to the right place. Welcome to Serve No Master Podcast, where you'll learn how to open new revenue streams and make money while you sleep. Presented live from a tropical island in the South Pacific by best-selling author Jonathan Green. Now, here's your host. Like on the last episode, I'm upstairs recording, and suddenly the neighbor's kids are quite loud. Hopefully, we can remove some of that background noise, but I appreciate if you could forgive me. It's a little bit windy, so there's also a lot of noise from the leaves on our many banana trees in our garden, but it's so beautiful out this afternoon, and as you know, I need to get as much time in the sunlight as I can uh, to keep my eyes healthy, so it's very important to me. I'm really excited today to talk about my favorite topic, which is affiliate marketing, and I want to give you another perspective on this um, topic because there's a saying that's really, really good that says, you know, it's just as easy. If you save a dollar, it's as easy as making, it's the same as making another dollar, right? You end up with the same result. I know I didn't say it perfectly, but that concept is what I want to talk about today, which is stopping loss is easier. It's a lot easier, right? To fix a problem than it is to bring in more people, to get more leads or more customers and people on your list. So last week we talked about the statistics and we've been talking about for this series about bringing people into your funnel, maximizing their value and improving your systems. This is about finding problems or holes and plugging them. So some of these are really big mistakes that you don't know you're making until I talk to you about it. The first thing I want to talk to you about is abandonment rate. These are people who unsubscribe from your list. You say, I don't want to hear emails from you anymore. Uh, There's this feeling that most people have that say, I don't want anyone to do that because it feels bad. We'd rather not send emails to the people who want to hear from us than to have the people who don't want to hear from us click that button and say, no more emails, please. 99% of the time, they're cleaning up their inbox and they're just no longer interested in what you have to talk about or they don't remember who you are or they've moved on in their life or something has changed or they found someone else whose message is a little closer to what they're looking for than you. It's very rarely a personal attack that says they've measured the totality of you as a person and rejected you. It's not like that saying in A Knight's Tale where he says you've been drawn, measured, and found wanting, which is so mean. So you have to disconnect from the personal. So you are going to have people leave your list. What you want to avoid is the first biggest mistake, which is churning and burning your list. The first type of list I had were people who did not want information or content. My first mailing list I built around 2013 as I was starting to grow, building my first products, a lot of products. If I sent them information or training or a blog post link, I would get more unsubscribes than if I sent just a link to a sales page. And so that list was only interested in me sending them a link every day to a $7 product. And there are people, absolutely, there are a lot of people who every day will buy a $7 product because it doesn't feel like that much. And they don't pay attention to the fact that they're spending two to $5,000 a year on products that they don't use. Now, there's nothing wrong with courses at the $7 level. There's a lot of courses actually out there that are surprisingly good. My first course at the $7 level actually worked. Some of the courses I went through at the $7 really worked. And of course, there's also a lot at that level that don't work, just like at every level. But these same people would never buy a $500 flagship course and invest six months of time into it. They would rather spend... $2,000, but it doesn't feel like it because it's death by a thousand cuts. And that's a churn and burn list. That's a list where you are constantly pushing offers. People are constantly unsubscribing. And the only way you stay afloat is by bringing in more leads. The way this works is like a boat with a hole in the bottom. You have to keep pulling the water out because it keeps refilling. This is the opposite metaphor because people keep jumping out of your boat. You have to put more people in. That means you don't have a business. What you have is a moment. 
And when that moment ends, if anything changes or anything goes out of balance, you'll disappear. If you don't have a new offer every single day, you'll stop making money. If you don't continue to get leads in the same way, you'll go out of business. And I know a lot of businesses like this. A lot of businesses that aren't really businesses because they are just a gimmick are really in a dangerous place. And this happened to me. I lived high on the hog off my turn and burn list for like three years. So you can make a lot of money from it, but it won't last forever. You have to keep swimming. You're like a shark. If you stop paddling, your business dies. That's not passive income. And it's a mistake because you go after these small fish, not realizing that if you were more strategic, you could cultivate these people and bring them up so that they spend more money with you, spend more time with you. Rather than spending $7 here and there, maybe they just buy a couple hundred dollar course once a year. You make more money and they get more value. And both of you are out of that chasing immediacy cycle. It feels really good. Every single time I get a message from one of my shopping carts or payment processors that says, you got money, someone bought something, money came into your bank account today. It feels really good, right? And that become a source of dopamine, it become a source of affirmation. But then that's not the right way to run your business because that's emotional rather than logical. So I want you to disconnect from that and really look at, now that you know how to do your statistics from the previous episode, now you know how to look at the long view and say, I can make more money over the 90-day process by changing what I do on day one. An example of this is if you have a webinar, you're selling a course on a webinar for, let's say, $300. Some people, um, after someone registers for the webinar, immediately offer them something for $7. And they can make some immediate money, but in my experience, this almost always lowers how many people buy the $300 course. So you make a lot of money today on Monday, but you cost yourself 10 times more money on Wednesday. You're cannibalizing your own sales. That's not always true. You have to test it sometimes. I know some people, they sell something cheap on Monday and more people buy on their webinar on Wednesday. That's why you gotta know your numbers. You gotta check that so you can test those two different versions to see what the truth is. Mistake number two is when 10 people send the exact same message. Every single time there's an affiliate promotion, they send out swipe emails. Sometimes the emails are amazing. When I say sometimes, I mean almost never. 99% of the time when people send me swipes, they're terrible. Sometimes I do promotions with people and they'll send me an email that they wrote three years ago and I can tell because they've left something in there that's old. They left the old date in there and it's something they emailed to their own list. The way I talk to you about me is not the way I talk to you about my friends as that doesn't make sense. It's different because it's different between first person and third person. And people send me, they go, oh, these swipes worked really well for us. I'm like, of course they did. You mailed your own following. Sometimes people put stuff in there that I would never say. Now, because I'm aware of this as an affiliate, I work really hard. When we, we give swipes to our people, we try to customize it. We try to make lots of different variations. We try to provide like 30 emails where you can pick three from that have different angles and different perspectives. But it could still be, we could give you 30 and all 30 of them are totally wrong for your audience. I was in a promotion this week where someone put up their swipes and they looked like he let his kid ride them. They were terrible. I was like, I sent you that email. I would expect you to unsubscribe. The language was really, really, I thought, inappropriate. I don't really like to email and talk a lot about like big picture stuff or politics. I don't, that's not something I like to put in my emails. And when someone puts in their swipes, I'm like, what are you doing? It's not where I want to go. It's not what I like to talk about. I don't care what your politics are. I just care about helping you support your family. So that's what I focus on. I stick in my lane. That's who I am. When those things appear inside these swipes, I can't use them. Now, I was part of a promotion a few months ago where I tested my email versus theirs and theirs beat mine. I go, okay, well, <laughs> they're better than me. It happens. So I leaned into it. That happens so rarely. That's probably 1% of the time in my experience. 99% of the time, writing my own emails, tweaking it because I sound like me. Sometimes what I'll do is cut and paste like some bullet points from their swipe 
you know, when they're describing what they're giving away or describing their book, I'll just copy paste their bullet points because they're describing their thing. But when I'm describing them or my relationship with them, I want it to be my voice. The problem with sending the same message is what happens when someone hears the same message from two different people. This happens a lot more than you realize. Most people are on more than one mailing list. And if me and my friend Matt are both promoting the same offer, the same affiliate offer at the same time, and we send the exact same email, here's what happens. Our audience now knows we're copying and pasting emails. We've lowered our credibility with our followers when they catch on to that. It's not good. Think about how you would perceive that if it has, and if, if that's ever happened to you, why don't you just leave a comment or put a thumbs up below the video on YouTube so you can let us know that I didn't imagine that. You know what I'm talking about, that when you get multiple emails of the exact same content for different people, you go, oh, I thought he wrote these emails. So it lowers your belief. It starts to make you go, oh, if he's not writing his own emails, then he probably doesn't know what's even in them. He's copying and pasting them. He's saying stuff he doesn't believe. Now how likely are people to click on those emails? Guess what? It's a lot lower. It's worth taking the time to customize your messages. Even if someone is a better copywriter than you and gives you a great swipe, take the time to write it, edit it, make it sound like you as much as possible to avoid this happening. Number three is the signal to noise ratio. This is a term that I learned in audio engineering school. What it means is when there's a lot of background noise, it's hard to hear what's happening. So there's a certain amount of background noise that if it was happening, and believe me, it's annoying enough with all these roosters and my neighbor's kids shouting and shouting. Every noise you're hearing is from someone at least 50 meters away from me, and yet they're louder than me. But if I try to record and there's a certain amount of wind, once it gets to a certain level, you won't be able to hear what I'm actually saying. No matter how we try to edit it or which microphones I try to use, it becomes impossible. There's too much noise, you can't hear the signal, so the real signal doesn't get through. What that means is when you're emailing people, you need to focus on relationship building. That's why so many of my emails say, check out this podcast episode, check out this blog post, check out this video on YouTube. Hey, have you joined my free Facebook group where you can get tons of videos? It's about giving value. So when I say signal, that's content or value. And this is how you avoid becoming churn and burn. If you only send sales emails, eventually people know that. If they're not in the mood to buy, they're not going to look. And you're not going to have a relationship because all you are is a menu. It's not what you want to be. You want to be a person, an identity. You want to have a relationship with your audience because then your relationship can go long term. You can have people that stay on your list for 90 days or people that stay on your list for 10 years. Guess which one is more valuable? Yeah, 10 years. That's relationship building. You want people to know you. I want you to go to my website. I want you to read blog posts. I want you to see my YouTube channel. I want you to read different books by me. I want you to take all of my different free gifts because I want you to get to know me. One of the core principles of my business is extreme giving. The more I give away, the more my business grows over time. Right now, this year, about 10% of my effort is towards paid content. 90% is towards stuff I'm giving away because that's how I'm growing my business. And that means signal, signal, signal. My first list, because I trained them, hated signal and they only wanted noise. That's why that list didn't last very long. There was no relationship. They would just buy whatever I put in front of them. What you want absolutely is a long-term relationship because that's a business that has longevity. That's something you can maintain. And that means that when people are deciding to buy something, they will go and say, hey, do you have an affiliate link? I want to buy it through your link. I want you to get paid because you mentioned it one time. That's my favorite type of email to get. Absolutely. It's also my favorite type of message for someone to say in person or on Skype. People don't say that if they don't have a relationship with you. What they'll try and do is find a coupon or someone else is offering a better bonus and they'll go through them, even though it's your whole business to find offers and help them find what's right for them. They'll bypass you because they don't care about you because you've never built a relationship. I spend a lot of time, we're actually working right now on improving the first week of emails that we send out so that it better embodies where we are right now because the sequence I wrote a few years ago 
sense to blog posts that were really relevant a few years ago. Now we're just improving and tweaking because I want it to be really clear who I am, what I stand for, what you're going to get when you're hanging out with me, and what kind of value I have to offer. So we're working on that part of the business as much as we're working on creating lots of free content. The next mistake is promoting products that you don't use. That is dangerous. Here's why. There could be something wrong with the product that you don't know about, but you'll get blamed. This recently happened to me. I promoted a piece of software built by someone that I've known for a decade. I got one email about it. A bunch of people bought it, but one lady had a bad experience. And it, the reason I recommended this is because the software I use is $250 a month. This software was only $47. It was less powerful, but it was a one-time buy. But it could do a lot of the things you need as a beginner before you grow into what I'm using. So sometimes I do recommend software that's a better value for you. Now, she had a bad experience. She emailed me about it. Really long letter said, oh, I have all these problems with software, this, this, and this. I had a tech issue the first time I tried to use it. It was really upsetting. Here's what I did. I messaged my friend on Skype immediately. We were talking about it within five minutes. Because I have a relationship with her, I took action. Now, she filed a chargeback. She called her credit card company and said, I never made this purchase before she emailed me, which means that there was nothing I could do. She shouldn't have done that because it's also not true. Every business out there, including mine, we have a standard policy. We fight every chargeback. Because if you get a high chargeback rate or you lose a lot of chargebacks, you can get in trouble with Visa or with MasterCard or with PayPal, and you can suddenly say, oh, we don't take that credit card anymore. It's the last thing you want to happen to you. It happened to some friends of mine. It can put you out of business it's like the kiss of death. I do everything I can. I have all this software that's designed to make sure that orders don't go through with stolen credit cards or there's not fraud, all of those things. And so when someone files a chargeback, it immediately puts the process into a new category. So he immediately fought it. I don't know how it played out. But had she not done that, the owner of the company was on the phone with me, communicating with me, saying, how can we fix this? We got to make it right for her. Let's find out why the technology dropped and fixed it. That's the right way to do it. If it's a tool you've never used by someone you don't know and you don't have a relationship with and you haven't gotten a review copy of it, you're just promoting because it has a high conversion rate, you're in dangerous waters. Because then when something goes wrong or 10 people have a bad experience, they blame that other company, they do other chargebacks, and then they come after you and they come after your reputation. They go, oh, you recommend stuff that doesn't work. Guess what? They're gone from your mailing list and they'll be bad mouthing you all over town. Again, the danger here is chasing the dollar today instead of the C-note next week. Stop chasing pennies. Just because it's fast money doesn't mean it's the best money. The next mistake is promoting your competitors. There are people I know who are hands down better marketers than me. They're marketers that I follow. They're marketers whose courses I buy to get better at what I do and to grow my business. If I want to learn how to run a YouTube channel, guess what? I had to go through training on that. And I have a person I look up to for that. I don't point you towards people who are better than me. That's a mistake. It can be very tempting to go, oh, you know what? One of my direct competitors is having a really good launch, great opportunity, really big payout. The problem is then you go back to our second problem, which is people mailing the same message. Now they're mailing the same product as you every day because you're always mailing the same launch, the same offers as them. So people are hearing that message. Best case scenario, you 50-50. Half of your audience stays with you and half switches to this other person. You can make money today and cut your revenue next month in half. Dangerous. You want to avoid sending your audience to people that are better marketers than you and that are direct competitors than you, unless you're getting paid very well for that introduction. I do promote some of my competitors, but my rule is I say, I'll send you people, but you have to give me half of what they buy from you forever. There are people, you know, I do lifetime cookies. No one else does. I make them set it up just for me because I want to make sure that I'm not stabbed myself in the neck. I don't want to accidentally cannibalize my own business without realizing it. So that's something I set up. Now, that's something you can't really do when you're first starting out. I totally know that. I wasn't able to do that until I was in this business for nine and a half years. And if people won't give me that deal, then I'll miss some promotions just to be careful and safe. The other mistake you can make is using their swipes, which is the emails that they've given for you, using their links 
I cannot tell you how many people have given me a wrong link. What I always do, you may have noticed, every time I give you a link, when I say, you want my affiliate unicorn free gift, you go to servedmaster.com front slash unicorn. And then when you go through it, it gives you a much longer link because it's a more complicated page inside my ClickFunnels account right now. I do that because if the link changes, I only have to change it in one place. An example of this, a specific example is, let's say you're doing a live webinar as an affiliate. So you're promoting someone's live event. As soon as the webinar finishes, you can go back into whatever you're using as your redirect. I use Pretty Links, it's a free WordPress plugin. And I can change where that link goes, so that instead of going to the registration page for the webinar that already happened, it goes to the replay page. So people who click late still get to see the information. That little change will boost how much money you make. So don't ever, 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 ever use someone else's link in an email. Always use your own, because you can change it. In my autoresponder emails, if I have a bunch of emails going to a particular course, and then that course stops, I could just change where those links redirect to, and I'll have to change it in one place instead of hundreds. The last thing you want is thousands of emails out there that you've sent that people have saved in their inboxes. We all keep every email that ever came in that go to dead places that no longer operate. And finally, graphics. I would encourage you to go to servedmaster.com front slash toolbox. Because on that page, you will see the graphics I have for all the different courses I promote. What you'll notice is that they're all custom. Now, please understand. This is not something I started doing when I had an artist. I used to do them myself when they looked terrible. So what you're seeing now is just a newer version of what I did. The first batch I did totally on my own using Affinity Photo. It's my favorite software. It's cheaper than Photoshop. I bought it for, I believe it was on sale for $20. Now, sometimes it's 50, but they have sales all the time. How I do all my photo editing. And I would find a stock photo, put the name, you know, that had something cool. Like for Bluehost, I found a picture of like some blue eyes and put Bluehost. The reason I do that is that you can get traffic when people search that image. What most people do is they take the image they're given to them by the product. They put it on their website. Google sees that and goes, there's 500 copies of the same image. We're just gonna index the first one, the rest will ignore. Think about that. This is a sneaky way to rank, so it's a little bit of an SEO trick, but it means people can tell they're coming from you. I use a very specific artistic style. There are a whole bunch of reasons that I use it. One of them is I like it. The second reason is that it's unique. The third reason that my audience can recognize it, more important than anything else, is that when you see that Dick Tracy 1940s comic book style, that pop art style, you know it's me. You might see that image and go, that's Jonathan's link. That's Jonathan's video on YouTube. And I want that. So as much as I don't believe I have an overall brand, my definition of branding is that people who know me can recognize my stuff. And that's more valuable than just using the images that other people provide. A great example of this is if you read my review of the Kibo code, which was a product I promoted, there's a picture of me in a full body Tigger suit that I bought in the store that they were talking about in their sales video. So it was really congruent. So everyone remembers the picture of me dressed like Tigger. If you don't know Tigger, you at least know it was a tiger suit on that image. There was no question who it was or where it came from because the text was in my font. All of those things are intentional so that when people are thinking like, oh, who, do, who was the one that told me about that course? They might not remember your name, but they'll remember the image and that'll bring them back to you. And that will help you to boost your revenue. So you want to avoid these mistakes and you'll see your income starts to boost your relationship with your audience starts to increase. And most importantly, you start to turn into a real business. And that means you're not just going to make money today, but you're going to make money next month and next year. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Serve No Master. Make sure you subscribe so you never miss another episode. 
We'll be back next Tuesday with more tips and tactics on how to escape that rat race. Head over to servenomaster.com forward slash podcasts now for your chance to win a free copy of Jonathan's bestseller, Serve No Master. All you have to do is leave a five-star review of this podcast. See you Tuesday. Thank you for listening to the Serve No Master podcast. Email your questions to podcast at servenomaster.com and your question with my answer might appear in the next episode.